everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we are taking a bit of a turn. We're going to chat about the Netflix miniseries, Halston. I'm so excited. I know. This is something very different. We've never done this before. But Lori and I recently watched the miniseries, which was very good. So if you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. And uh, we thought it'd be fun to just chat a bit about the history behind Halston's brand, the struggles the designer had, the growing of growing the brand, and um, how this can all be reflected into our own personal reselling businesses. Yeah, Daniela told me about the series, and I like jumped right on board and watched it. And I just, as I was watching it, there were so many parallels that like made me think of growing a small business, when to scale, and all that. And you know, I called Danielle. I'm like, let's let's try this. And yeah, I'm super excited for this. Um, if you haven't watched the series yet, it's okay. Uh, we won't. Well, we'll try not to spill too many details. Yeah, so you can too- watch it for yourself. I was completely oblivious. Like everything was news to me. Me too. Um, to be quite honest. Um, but but. Yeah, so we'll try to be careful about any spoiler. We won't give any, like, crazy, crazy details, but... Right, I mean, the history is out there, so, yes. I mean, some of it you will just, yeah. You'll anyways, know. all right. See you at the table. See you at the table. All right. Halston. Like, he's definitely a designer that... I've never really researched. I've never really thought about researching. I've never really given much thought to him until the miniseries. Yeah, like, I mean, I I purchased I purchased one vintage Halston something at an estate sale. It was like a simple black dress, and it sold pretty quickly. And I probably underpriced it. And had I had I seen this first, I would have like been a little more enamored by it and like yeah. marked it up because you realize what a moment in time those slinky Halston dresses with the low back, like how special those were and how different they were for the time period. So let's talk a little bit about him. I mean, his, his real name is Roy Halston Frolick. 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 He's from Illinois, I believe. Indiana. Indiana. This is going to be loose. Just so you guys know, like all of our knowledge is based off of what we saw. Notes. So, yeah, this is not like this. We are not Wikipedia. We should say that. No, um, we, are not. we are just learning about him, but we just thought there were so many things that were fun to talk about. I, yeah. So I'll, I'll go to the next point. He studied at Indiana University. Um, I will say uh, in the miniseries, they do talk about his um, past with his father and his mother, and it can be a little triggering. So if you're going to watch it, just be mindful of that. Um, you know, there was some... Uh, abuse his dad was abusive his dad was abusive and the way he would he would cheer his mom up by designing hats for her I think him and his mom had a special relationship um he did leave he you know they talk about in the series he leaves he goes off to Indiana University um and then went to the Art Institute of Chicago um he attended night courses at the Art Institute and he worked as a fashion merchandiser at an upscale chain department store called Carson Scott Pyrie I don't know. It's French. Um, But he worked at a department store. And I feel like in general, you'll see this in the history of Halston. He works at a lot of department stores, but that was kind of big at the time. When you're thinking this is the 60s, 70s, this is when department stores were were huge, Mm. really Mm -hmm. coming up. So you'll see a lot of that. Yeah. And he was was kind of put on the map for um, the famous pillbox hat that he designed for Jackie Onassis, which for Jackie Kennedy in 1961, which I, I mean, I knew that 
that hat was iconic. I had no idea he was the designer. Me neither until I watched the miniseries and I was like, oh, he designed the pillbox hat, which was huge. That is what Jackie O wore it. And then after she wore it, they mentioned, the way they show in the miniseries is they mentioned on TV that what she was wearing and Halston's name came up. And then after that, it was every woman wanted a Halston hat because Jackie O wore it. And we see that in present day too. Michelle Obama wears a certain outfit they name the designer and everyone goes out and tries to find very similar pieces that mimic what Michelle Obama wore and any, um, yeah, like or the Royal, uh, Megan and Markle. Oh, totally. They, they, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's why I think there are so many points about this that were relevant today. My mother-in-law actually, I'm trying to think, uh, I think she was married in late sixties and she did pillbox hats for mm-hmm. all of her bridesmaids. And, um, yeah. And that, that, that was her inspiration. And it was even years later that it was still kind of hanging yeah. on. I, I even think that by the time she did it, it was probably almost a little passe, but it yeah. was, you but know, it, was a trend. it had made that much of an impact. And I remember her telling me that when I looked at her photographs. I love that. From her nice wedding story. party. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Halston began designing women's wear in 1966. So when in the miniseries, they talk about this, and we also see it here in the notes. He did a lot of elegant pieces. Um, he did, it says sexy yet elegant pieces. And I feel like that was just a trend for Halston. And like Laurie had said, slinky back, which kind of came a little bit later during the disco scene. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, it was very, it reminds me of like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like when you see Mad Men, right? And those really pretty dresses that they wore in Mad Men with the with the collars and just the exaggerated, almost baby doll style to the dress, but it was structured, like a lot of those type of pieces. Um, so that's kind of what he was known for at this time. And then in the fall of 1972, he introduced the simple shirtwaist dress, which was made from ultra suede. And this is like a big pivotal point in the miniseries. This was fascinating. Yes. yes. Um, so it's a fabric that is washable, durable, and beautiful. It looks like suede. And I believe we still use ultra Almost like a micro suede, like what yeah. they make pouches with almost. But like now it's not so luxurious. But at the time, to have a fabric that felt that nice that you could also wash and that was just flattering on every body and it was it was just like that staple piece. And so he invented the shirt dress, which is huge even today. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then two years later, he offered the world his most iconic design, which was the halter dress. Yeah. And that was because of the discotheques, because of the club, the night scenes that he kind of, he was known for um, a lot of the designs that we, that people saw in the disco era. People love the halter dress in the sixties and seventies. And he was, he was just the guy who did it. I didn't even know that either. That was something new. He basically invented the halter dress. I don't know about the halter, but like, I remember like when I picture, like if you watched um, Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface, the way she was dressed, I mean, she, like when she was dressed up, I feel like, I don't, I don't know this to be factual, but I feel like her look was very much like a Halston dress. And we should also probably mention that um, Elsa Peretti was his muse and his model and, you know, partner in a lot of this. I mean, he was a bear to work with from- from how he was portrayed on Netflix. And um, so tell people who Elsa is. Some people might not know who Elsa Elsa is. Peretti is one of the few house designers um, at Tiffany. And she has a very distinct design. I think she did the, the Tiffany Bean and um, 
you know, like I have a little L that Jay bought me when Angelina was born. It's just a cursive L, very simple, very elegant. Um, and, you know, he kind of takes credit for her relationship with Tiffany in this series. He like does. he is kind of the connection that puts her in touch. And, um, you know, but she passed away too. Yeah, she just passed away in March. Yeah. So that was interesting. And I noticed in the post credits that, you know, they, they said that she had just passed in um, March of 2021. Yes. But um, I feel like when they went to Europe, there was, um, what was the name of the show that happened in Versailles? Not the Battle, Battle of, I mean. Battle of Versailles is the one they. Okay. Yeah, Battle um, and it was basically European designers like Yves Saint Laurent and it Givenchy. was Givenchy was it was Lord. European designers versus American, American designers. <laughs> so Anne Klein was there, Bill Blass, um, and Oscar Halston was invited. Um, Oscar de la Renta, right? So um, it was a big deal because the woman who coordinated it was basically saying that American designers really didn't get. Her name was Eleanor. I don't remember what her She's last the, name So was. I looked her up while I was watching the series. So we're, we're digressing here. But um, there, she was like a huge publicist. She was like the fashion guru publicist. Like you went to her if you wanted your brand to be known, which is why she kept saying to Halston in the series, like, you don't want it. You want, you need to do this. Like you don't have a choice. You want your stuff published. You want people to know what your brand is you're going to do this. Because Halston, you'll see in the series, is very um, argumentative. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's just a jerk a lot of the kind time. And it digs his heels in and, you know, uh, yeah. draws a line in the sand. And he kind of can't get out of his own way yep. in, some, in some aspects because, like, she was like, you are super talented and let's go show these Europeans what we're made of. And, and the respect of the American designers because people didn't respect Halston. Um, and I think they always kind of labeled him as the hat guy. Like he created hats. Like Yeah, there was definitely a lull after the hats because, you know, he wanted more than that. And then he pitched himself to a department store to be like the name in the department Bergdorf, store. Bergdorf Goodman. Yep. And, you know, he, he ended up meeting with them as we give away everything from Sorry. The I'm so sorry. <laughs> Maybe you should say that in the show notes before we start that we lie and we give a warning. Back. We lied to you in the intro, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he, he, he's trying to reinvent himself. I guess we can leave it at that. And he yeah. is unsuccessful in that light. He, you know, he, he tries to um, go that route. And so he has this opportunity in Europe and that is kind of where he explodes with, with what he comes up with for that fashion show. Yeah, I agree. We'll also note in here, he was very popular with celebrities. Um, and we will talk about this later on, but celebrities wanted his designs. Like they saw the unique pieces he was creating. He was creating things that other singers, celebrities weren't wearing, for example. Yes. And yeah, and specifically Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli. He had a really special relationship and um, she, he dresses her for- Everything. For everything, but in particular, uh, she was. She said that she was struggling in cabaret, mm -hmm. dancing and like moving the way she was supposed to move, and what they had her in. And if I, I hope I'm, I hope I'm repeating yeah, this no, correctly. You're right. You're right. And, he's and um, you know, Halston designed something so that she can move the way she needs to move for that. I don't know if it was a particular scene or just right. the whole show. 
Cabaret's I think that my shows favorite. to his like artistic ability too, because I feel like uh, now this is like going down the fashion rabbit hole, but a lot of his pieces have a lot of movement, and they show that a lot in the series. Like there's mm-hmm. the women always Beautiful. have their hands up, and things are flowing, and I feel like movement in general was a big part of how he designed as an artist. Was things had to flow a certain way, fabric had to look a certain way, it had to ripple a certain way, I and you'll see agree. that in the pieces. Yes, um, yes, that's so it a makes great sense point. that he created things for Liza because Liza's to this day, very active on stage, moves around, arms are going, legs are going, she's dancing, you know, she's she's all over the place. And um, she was really, I mean, not Their that- Their relationship was really special. Extremely special. And mm-hmm. in terms of like fashion, Liza really wore pantsuits all the time. Yes. She wasn't big on the dresses. She had pantsuits. Her her wedding dress, quote unquote, was a pantsuit. Like Which that- he designed. Which he designed, yes. And also, she also broke the mold in that sense too, because not I would imagine that during no one was doing pants. not many women were performing in pants, you Correct. know. So I, I'm just going on a limb and assuming that, but um, I think that's pretty interesting. But one of the things um, to bring it back to, like how we can relate it to our small businesses, is some of the questions you know you have when you watch him is. Uh, when did he need to let go? And I think that's hard as a designer or as a small business owner, when to let go. And, you know, in order to scale your business, there are going to be other people making some decisions along the way or um, who, you know, might not have the same vision as you. And when do you bend and when do you say true to your brand or true to your vision? And as an artist, I mean, even more so than a small business owner, um, that's a real challenge. And with a, when you're a hothead like Halston, it was yeah. even like next level, you know? Yeah. And um, we'll talk about like, well, I guess we can explain now how his demise kind of happened without going, you know, any too deep into it because we obviously don't know the full scope. We're just going off of what we see on Google. But basically he was the first guy to brand and license himself in every aspect of 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 every category of fashion suitcases airline wear like he was doing he was creating outfits for the flight attendants he was doing socks he was doing everything and it was all his own brand perfume he started doing all these different things he was the first guy to really do that who then I yeah, think so, struggled. Yeah, I think but what, that's you where the see, struggle what you see in that growth is that there were certain things he was really excellent at, like obviously dressing a woman and the the elegance and the high fashion stuff. He there was also like an entire episode dedicated to the development of his perfume and what went into that and and the care uh, and detail to what the scent was. And he met with somebody. Um, and that, that was like a really great episode, I thought, yeah. in coming up with what was going to be his scent and then designing the bottle. And it wasn't a way that perfume bottles had been designed prior to his perfume. And, you know, he put so much effort into that. And then when he kind of launched into, he was all over the place, Thanks, he kind right. of became a jack of all trades yeah. and he was not a master of none, but like he got into everything that it just kind of got watered down. And I mean, you could compare this to those of us who have like a really broad based closet. And I'm not saying that's watered down, but you could contrast it to people who have a curated closet and they're very specific mm-hmm. and the pros and cons of both of that. So the pros might be, you know, if you, if you are such a huge brand and you know, you have you have your hands in everything. You are a big name, but then what are you still doing well? Like, are you still able to pay 
give the detail to the designs that you once did. Right. And I think in his case, the answer was no, he couldn't no, do it. No, he couldn't do it. And um, I mean, there were other factors. So we'll mention he was a drug addict. Big time yes. drug it's addict. It's big into um, Studio 54. It was like the era. It was the scene. There was a lot of time in the yeah. series yeah. spent, um, you know, Also there. a great mini, well, documentary. There is a documentary on Netflix on Studio 54. So if you haven't watched it, you should watch it after you watch Halston. Mm, um, give you a, it's really good. Um, it'll give you a good insight as to what happened and you know the behind the scenes stuff um, because they mention Studio 54 closing down and kind of they briefly touch upon it. But when you watch the actual documentary in Studio 54, you understand a little bit more of it. Um, but Studio 54 was huge. That's where all the celebrities went. Mm-hmm. It was the it place. And that's where Halston and Liza and all of Halston's team went all the time. Every day. <laughs> it seemed Every like they day. were there morning, noon, and night. Yeah, yes. they were always there. But um, when if you Google Halston while you're listening to this or afterwards, you will see that uh, a lot of his demise did come from, yes, expanding into all these different places and never really fulfilling his licensing to all these different categories that he was going into. But it was also his drug addiction. It was mostly drug use. I mean, I, I, mean, I think he just drug ran himself addiction. ragged and it, it just... Couldn't focus... Couldn't create designs like he once did, um, snapped a lot at different people. I'm sure he ruined a lot lot of, of yeah, a lot of broken relationships because of the drug use and just excessive in every way, you know? Um, but I mean, also not surprising given how big he was and like, this is not, I'm not trying to stereotype, but I feel like it's something that you, you can see often in people who grow to such levels and then kind of get wrapped up in, in the scene and everyone that they're involved in. And then of course, drugs, cocaine in particular was big mm. during this disco era when mm-hmm. this was going on. That's when cocaine was really um, becoming big and, and hitting the streets in New York. Um, there was a big epidemic, a cocaine epidemic in New York. There's also a great documentary on cocaine <laughs> on Netflix as well, which kind of ties into all this. Um, I kind of went down a really big rabbit hole after I watched it. No, that. it's all right. It's good that you kind of <laughs> seen all this. I think it's called, I think it's called crack. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but there is one. And it, it talks about the epidemic that, that there was and how, um, and they touch upon Studio 54 and stuff, but it was everywhere. It wasn't just in Studio 54. It was in the streets. It was, it was just something that everyone kind of got wrapped into. And um, yeah, I felt so like, watching him go down that hole in the series like broke my heart because he's such it a- was really sad you know because you, you're yeah. rooting for him and you see well you see he was kind of on top of the world and I mean I, I guess this happens I mean you think yeah. of different um fashion designers through the years and not not all of them are drug addicts not, not all of them are doing cocaine let's just yeah. it. but th- that's oh what Halston did I have to sneeze um okay Okay, I think I'm good. I think, you know, there 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 are trends. There are, you know, designers that were once on the runway that are now in Kmart. So and yeah, and and, and he went to JCPenney, which at the time I'm going to assume JCPenney was not well, was similar to what we know today as more of like a discount department store, but maybe not held maybe held at a little bit of a higher standard. I think so. Yeah, because I don't stores think- in general we're always a higher stores were kind of a thing so i don't you know um it wasn't bloomingdale's i don't think it was ever no. at that level maybe like a macy's maybe we could consider it like a macy's level yeah like from the macy's day parade era when it was kind right. of still like because macy's today is not what macy's no, was not then, at all you know um but 
but yeah, like I, I remember the second they said JC Penny, I was like, oh, Halston's not going to go for this. And then he did. And I was like, oh, maybe JC Penny was more of a thing back then that yeah. I, I mean, I was born in 73. So I was, I'm, you know, this, this was not my time. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah but, but he sold his brand, which I don't think many people. That was crazy. That was crazy. He sold himself out, which you see a lot of brands do when they get to a certain point and either they can't manage it anymore. Maybe they want to step away from it. Or maybe in his case, he just wasn't producing anymore. And they were like, okay, this is like your last effort, your last chance to produce things and to make and continue growing this brand. But if you don't do this, like you're out, which is what, you know, which yeah. ends up happening. So like Kate Spade wasn't designing for Kate Spade for no. a while I mean I don't know I don't know I don't, Kate Spade's full history we could do another episode on that I honestly don't I know. mean it'd be fun to kind of to yeah, talk about different, different designers design. but I am pretty sure that Kate Spade um was no, like no longer designing her stuff um I, I doubt it I'm sure in the later years flashy. you know Donatella doesn't really design for her stuff I mean I'm sure she has a say in certain elements I'm sure she looks over the designs and yeah. and says yes this is true to the brand or no we're not going in this direction whatsoever because Michael Kors owns Versace now so I'm sure Michael Kors has their own design team she probably is still somewhat involved because she still walks the runway at the end um, with the models but um, I feel like most designers, when they reach a certain point, they have like associates that come in. Yeah. So, so at what point, like, where are you at in your journey? And I mean, this, this goes for all businesses when you, when you start to, you know, either, you know, you need, you need a publicist and you need a team and you have talent and you have your models and you have like, there's, it, it just gets so big and, you know, you start so focused and I can see where you just get spread so thin and, you know, and, and it can just be too much to handle at some point. And, and then you have to start scaling and when can you let go? And then he, he just kind of really fell apart. And then we should probably talk about Calvin Klein and jeans. Yeah. Cause this is like a pivotal thing. It's, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how big Calvin, I mean, I knew how big Calvin Klein was, but I didn't realize Calvin Klein was basically a rival, right, to Halston. Mm -hmm. But it mm -hmm. makes sense because Calvin Klein was the American brand after Halston, which I never really put the two together. But for me, Halston, maybe because I worked in, in Walgreens for so long, I really, being naive and young, only knew Halston for the perfume. For the perfume. Right. I never realized that he was his own like brand until I started reselling like clothing and how valuable yeah. his clothing is now because of the of the of the name and the design. Right. Um. But I only ever knew Halston as being like well, because it's like a drugstore perfume now that you probably sold at Walgreens the at this stage. Twenty dollar Halston perfume that every woman in like their fifties to seventies wanted. Because that was like the it perfume for them. And that's how that's I knew funny. it by even men. Men love the Halston perfume. So that's what yeah, I I I've honestly it. never even smelled it. I don't I don't even know. So like I'm thinking when I was a kid, I was my the big perfume when I was young was like sunflower. Mm. I don't know if you remember sunflower. Yeah, and then the, sunflower. Liz, the Liz Claiborne perfume yeah. was big that was in the red triangle. Yeah. yeah. And um th there were certain things that were just, you know they just remind me of that time, like Paco Rabanne for the guys when yeah, I was in high school. <laughs> like just, it's just funny because I do think that certain scents are like very telling of they what are. era you're from. And so it makes sense that maybe some older women were, 
you know, Gallimar, the Halston, Chantilly, Halston, God, um, White Shoulders, all the Elizabeth Ardens, like all of that. Or that was, and and still to this day, that's what that generation buys, right? The powders and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I always associated Halston with. That's funny. That's funny. Um, I always thought about the dresses, um, but, uh, but, but yeah, it is, it, it was really fascinating. So at the time, I think America was just getting more and more casual and mm-hmm. he was very much a luxury guy. So when Calvin Klein was more, I mean, Paula Ralph Lauren was also mentioned. He, um, so I don't think he, so they mentioned him, but they mentioned his menswear and his ties he started coming out with. So he'd be a fascinating one to look into as well, to see when he really started branching out into women's and, um, when he kind of I mean, became his brand is massive. I mean, he's the Olympic. He makes all the Olympic gear and stuff. So like, he is known. Him and Tommy are kind of like current day known as like the American brand, right? I the would red, think red so. Blue, yeah, red, that. white, and blue, very traditional. Right. Where classic. I think at that time when Halston and 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 Ralph were kind of becoming a thing, um, he was more focused on menswear. And Halston yeah. was focused on women. It was, yeah, I guess. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know that if if Halston was, was he ever known as like the, the household name, like the American I designer? So, I don't know if he was. I think he was known for his dresses. He was known for certain things. I don't know if he was actually, maybe he was, I don't know. Maybe, but I feel like my mom and my grandmother, not my, my mom's only in her early sixties, but like my grandma never mentioned it. My grandma never owned anything by Halston. So I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know I don't if. Know. I, I, it all, it all... stars. I don't know. Maybe it was a big thing for the stars, which would make sense because a lot of dresses that he made. Um, I do want to point out one thing before we go into Calvin is that Halston was the, the first designer to create a unisex line, which I think is fascinating. That's so cool. Because, it, but it also makes sense because, you know, he, um, he lived in so many different scenes. He, you know, he loved the celebrity lifestyle, but he also was very present in the gay nightclub scene and mm-hmm. um, in his partners and relationships that he had. And I feel like he kind of meshed everything together because that was his lifestyle. So it makes sense. He created a unisex line, but wow. back in the sixties and seventies to create. Oh, ahead of his time. That's amazing. So that ahead is of amazing. his time. Anyway, yeah, I wonder how it did, or if that was just like runway stuff. I would, I don't know. I feel like when I think of, when I think of him and how they presented him and just reading his history, I feel like all this stuff was very runway, very much for the supermodels, for the, the elite. Except like, for the shirt dress. I mean, the shirt dress the was shirt what shirt. allowed, you know, the, the housewife to get her hands on Halston, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's so, I mean, it almost reminds me of like a Canada goose jacket right now. Like yeah. you cannot be a millionaire, but you can save your money and get a Canada goose or get a Louis Vuitton never full bag. You yeah. know, like, I feel like there are certain pieces that like the suburban housewife will get her hands on. Um, you know, even if it's not high fashion, I mean, yeah. but, but like, but they're, but they're, it's luxury. So they're, they're, uh, it's, it's a name that they want to wear right. and they're going to, you know, save their paychecks to buy it. But that, but that's not necessarily how they live their life. So I don't know what his shirt dress was, if it was what the price point was relative yeah, to what people know. were making at the time, if it was something for like upper middle class or, or, or what it was, but it was fascinating that he just made something for the masses, um, when he was 
prior to that more of a runway guy from my understanding now i just typed in google halston shirt dress price and everything that comes up is h by halston which is the new diffusion line which we can talk about as well okay so this is a random website vintage halston ultra suede shirt dress 418 dollars Wow. Okay. That's cool. $118, but I, it commands that price. So that is a classic piece that it is a piece of Americana history. Like there's just no way around it. One sold on Poshmark for a steal of a hundred dollars. Well, I don't know. Is it a steal or, I mean, I don't know how many are around or if, I, I mean, sounds kind of cool though. You know, prior to this, I, I don't know that I would have been that excited. No, if I, I wouldn't saw. have been. But now that I know more about Halston, I'm definitely going to be on the lookout more. Yeah. Like, pay attention, even for like men's ties and stuff. I'm just curious. Like I find a Halston men's tie. What does that go for? Like what I, um, yeah. is a collector's piece? It could be. I mean, I I'm also, I'm, it probably depends on what era it's from as well. If it's from the JCPenney era, that might not. Right. When it was mass produced, maybe nothing much, but you know, who knows? It's just, I, I just found it all so fascinating. But the thing Let's that happened with Calvin. Yeah, let's talk about Calvin. So I, I do remember, um, I, I don't, I mean, they showed the Calvin Klein commercial with young Brooke Shields, yes. which I thought was so cool. Like the actual commercial yes. they showed on Netflix, but. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, my impression of what was happening was that just things were getting a little bit more casual and Halston despised, despised the idea of yes. denim. We, we should probably talk about the guy who played, um, oh gosh, he's from the movie that he's from the show, The Sinner, the detective. Yeah. Oh my God. What's his name? Paul, I can't think of his name. Um, I think his name was David in the show. Yeah, but what's his real name? Hold on. I like him as an actor. I think he's fantastic. I love him. If you guys have seen The Sinner, he's the one who plays the detective. I loved, um, you know, season one of The Sinner was my best favorite. Season but, um, best season. What? Season one. season one was the best season. Um, oh, Bill gosh. Pullman. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So he, so what was he's his David. role? Like who? He is no, his name was David, but. the investor, basically. He invested in Halston when no one else wanted to invest in Halston. He was the guy who was like, and he like pursued Halston. He's like, Mm -hmm. I want you. Let me invest. You want to mass produce? Let me do that for you. I have a company. I can do this. Like he, he saw what Halston was and he sunk his teeth right in and didn't let go until he finally was able to, to make it happen and, and struck a deal in the beginning. Um, he let Halston do whatever he wanted. Use your creative energies, create designs you want to create. Like I'm going to back you. I, like, I want you to do what you want to do. And that was kind of like a promise that they had for each other. Anyway, yeah. in the miniseries, whether it happened in real life or not, I'm going to. Yeah, see. I don't know. But it seemed like Eleanor and David were the two people who really just believed in him and gave him creative freedom yes. um, until it just got so out of control. And then, you know, everybody was trying to pull it, the reins in and, and it was just a little bit 
too little, too late. But Mm -hmm. David straight along was kind of encouraging him to come up with some jeans. Like this is what all the women want to wear. And he- Calvin's doing it and so should you, basically. Basically. And he was not having it. And he's like, I am not going to be in Calvin's shadow. Like he's not my competition. I don't believe in jeans. Then- and then, you know, there, there's a montage of him just falling apart, basically. Yeah. But then by the time he comes around and decides, like, he is going to, I guess, in his eyes, sell out and design jeans and, like, kind of is starting to think about how he could make it his own, you know, David tells him it's too late. Like, Sheik um, was on the scene and Jordash and Calvin was just taking over. And so all these other fashion brands... Um, that had denim were, you know, they had the market and he's like, you know, the market is saturated now. And, you know, basically he was kind of losing his clout and, and that seemed to kind of be really that, that was the point where I think David as an investor in the brand and believer in the brand um, realized it was, it was time to move on from Halston, which I think mm-hmm. was very difficult for him because mm-hmm. he had invest, invested so much time and energy into Halston himself, the designer, yeah. not even so much the brand, just who he was as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to see like, listen, when you're an investor, if the numbers aren't good and you're not making money anymore and things are heading in the wrong direction, you're going to sell. You're- when do you have to stop the bleeding? You know right. what I mean? Like at if, some if- you cut the tie and you pass it on to someone else who in turn, the whole JCPenney thing starts, right? That's when JCPenney comes into play. But that was a move that the investors had to make and um and i think halston realized what was happening but was i don't know pretending like it was all going to be okay but i think he deep down knew like yeah he was just kind end. of so out of control he had just mm-hmm. kind of lost himself you know it was really sad to watch and i remember talking to you about wanting to do this episode mm-hmm. and it was in when everything was going really well and i had no idea how bad things yeah. were going to get and you're like oh just wait <laughs> just keep watching it like, real which bad. episode are you on um but it was really sad to watch it and you know, it's another thing as far as, you know, chasing trends, like when, you know, so I I think the part that I struggle with, with that happening to him, aside from all the drugs and all of everything where the writing was kind of on the wall, if I just take the genes thing in isolation, and I think, you know, this is also the same man that was, you know, kind of a jerk as far as the dresses went, but his vision was so spot on and groundbreaking at the time. And that's what put him, you know, the, the hat obviously put him on the map. Nobody had done that before. So his original thinking is what really got him to where he was. And then the design of the perfume bottle, and then that perfume broke all sorts of records. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, he was still holding strong to his vision as far as like, I'm, I'm not going to do these things called jeans. And then, then at one point he said he would, he would call them dungarees, but not jeans, which I yeah, thought was really funny. Like he had to have something that was different, but, um, but then like, that was a bad move. So like, it's, yeah. it's crazy how you can misstep as a designer or an entrepreneur, or like, you know, if you miss the boat on something. Right. And how badly it can hurt you or, you know, or maybe if jeans were such, were became a flop, which I think everyone knew they weren't going to be a flop because everything was moving towards that more casual um, realm, right? The, you're talking now we're in the, we're in the eighties. So 
everyone, the mom gene came out. That was like the big thing was the mom gene. And I think that the investors saw that this was their opportunity. Like fashion's changing, Halston. You really need to be paying attention. Fashion is changing. Like, and he just, he didn't think it was ever going to change in that way. He was yeah, really- And he wasn't really paying attention anymore no, either. Wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, he had so many yes men in his life and- you know, he was throwing money around and, you know, at what point do you just, he, he just kind of lost touch, you know? Imagine um, so like, let's, let's, let's think hypothetical here. If he did create the gene, would that change Halston as we know today? I don't know. I think it, I think it would. I, I think, I mean, not to say that he would have still been around right now, but I mean, I mean, Calvin isn't what he, he was. Right. I think he would have made it to the nineties. I think he would have made it to the nineties with the gene and then probably who knows, who knows, but it it makes me sad that he, I mean, if this story is the truth, you know what I mean? That that was kind of a, an opportunity that he just like really missed. Like the day I decided that I didn't think Amazon was ever going to take off because I loved sitting in bookstores like Barnes and Noble. And I said, who's going to want to order their books online when my husband asked me if we should invest. And I was like, nah, well, like you make those decisions, not that we ever had enough money that it would have changed our life. But if we were older, I'm sure there were people who had money and decided against Amazon, you know, and there, there were probably people who, you know, invested in Amazon, invested in Tesla, Bitcoin is one, like who knows where that's going to go. Like, but it's funny, these decisions that people make that can really change the trajectory of their career. And I wonder if, if the genes, I mean, you know, the genes and the drugs and the men and like everything else that was involved went into that. But I mean, if I, like I said, if I look at that in isolation, I, I think it's really interesting. And then Calvin kind of took you know, off, took off. Was and already it, was already taking comeback. off, but then going to come back now in 2021, which is like and same with Tommy. Tommy's big right now. Mm. Um, it's just it's fascinating to me that these American brands that have stayed, because mm. when you think about it, American fashion is really not as luxurious and as fun as uh, to research and learn about as European fashion, right? Those fashion houses are just they're. I mean, I guess it depends on the the person who's researching what you're interested in, but yeah. But when I, like, when I think of fashion, I think of a lot of the European designers because they're the oldest and they've been around the longest and the designs they create is what um, other designers try to mimic or, or get creative energy from. Right. Mm. That's what I usually think of. But when it comes to American fashion, it's very different than what you see in Europe. It's just, it's a different style of fashion. We have a different lifestyle here. Um, but it's interesting to see the Tommies, the Ralph Lauren, the, you know, the Calvin, all that stuff, the jean, Calvin Klein jeans are something that kids look for now in the thrift store. Like that's a cool jean to pick up. Yeah. So it's fascinating. It is fascinating. I also think it's a, it's a different era now because of fast fashion. And in, yeah. when you think in terms of what, I mean, yes, we have designers who have obviously emerged in some of the brands that we're looking for, like mm-hmm. Veronica Beard and, yeah. um, you know, even all the, the designers at one that point, huh? even the Kate Spade at one point. Oh, Kate Spade was huge. I remember the day. Birch. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember I had just had Anthony and I was in La La Land as a mom, like I had no idea what was going on outside of like, you know, blues clues and nursing yes. my baby. And, um, one of the associates who Jay worked with at the time, who still works with today, his wife came over and they didn't have children. And I was like, you know, sitting there 
sleep deprived talking with her. And she's like, I am, I want to buy a Kate Spade bag. Have you ever heard of Kate Spade? I'm like, I'm sorry. I haven't like, I just like, I, I don't, you know, I just, I just yeah, no, I mean, at the time it was like outside a coach, I really didn't. Yeah. And I remember she left in looking up who Kate Spade was. This was 1999. So, I mean, I, I wasn't a fashionista or anything. She may have been around for years um, prior to that. Not, not too long. I don't but I mean, that. I don't, I wouldn't know. And, but I mean, I, it's funny, like when I remember the day that I heard her name and then it was like, you know, then her bags were super expensive and hard to get and whatnot. But yeah, there's all these phases. But what I was going to say is that I feel like it changes much faster now. It does. It does. We're back then. I mean, he got a good 25, 30 years really of 25 years, maybe we'll say of like really having the market, you know? Yeah. I I feel like it really does change so much faster now. I mean, think about just with reselling the brands that were hot when, when I came on and reselling in 20 Mm -hmm. August of 2018 versus now, like so quick that, I mean, things that I wouldn't even, you know, touch now that I was searching for. And I mean, obviously we're a couple seasons behind because we're resellers, you know, yeah. you, you would love it if you were like current finding things in the thrift, thrift store, but that like half of the bolo list that people talk about, they're not in thrift stores. Yes. It would be fantastic to find it, it but like, you know what I mean? Like, but, but it's going to be, you know, a, a needle in the haystack, but, but yeah, I mean, and that has just changed so fast. And, and I think now that we have the influence of so many eras, like, you know, the nineties are big and the Y2K is big and the eighties are still hanging around. And like, it's just like, a, so much is always going on now that I think back during Halston's time, people, people had more time to focus and you were looking mm-hmm. at newspapers and television. There was no internet. Things were a slower pace. So yeah. And designs, I feel like, stuck for longer periods of time. Like you're Yeah, saying. that's kind of what I'm trying to yeah. say in a very yeah. long-winded way. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you're you welcome. for the translation. <laughs> designs just stayed around longer. If you even think about like the 40s, the, the 20s, 30s, 40s, like that style didn't change until the 50s when the skirts changed a little bit. And then you saw the leather jackets come in and then they start to evolve a little bit like... I feel like once the 50s hit, things started to change a little bit faster, but like the 20s to the 40s, not not much really changed in that time period besides flapper dresses. And flappers, like- yeah, like you think of the flappers in the roaring 20s, but but I even think that that was more affluent people. Like I, I don't really? think people like on farms were wearing flapper dresses. You know? Like I think of Gatsby in the 20s, you know, yeah. but then, yeah, I don't know what would define the 30s and 40s really. It's just I mean, it's a war- lot of mad men. Wartime. It was yeah. a lot of Mad Men type, and it was wartime, right? So things, certain materials. Yeah, were- Mad Men, I think, was even more like 50s. late 50s and 60s. Yeah. yeah, I think they went from like late 50s, early 60s through, yeah. That was, was like, like marketing. Very modest, and- right? The high neck, a lot of that kind of stuff. But also the material was different then because of the war. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Exactly. I think Halston. the war impacted a lot. Yes. So Halston in 1984, he was fired from his own company. They let him go. Heartbreaking. And- Yes, lost all of his rights to all of his designs. Couldn't sell his clothes under his own name if he ever wanted to design again. He you imagine couldn't do any of it, so he could never use his name. But he did continue to design, and he designed for Liza. He designed for Martha Graham, who was the ballet director woman in the miniseries. Um, yes. There's a big scene 
a big episode on that uh, in the miniseries. And you guys will have to watch it if you decide to watch it. But it's very beautiful to see him um, design at this point. Um, this is public knowledge, so I'm not ruining anything from the miniseries, but uh, Halston uh, is diagnosed with AIDS. So um, during this time, you'll start to see his designs become what they used to be. And it's beautiful to see that at the end of the series, to see that when he's designing these pieces for Liza and for the ballets and for all of his friends that, you know, the Halston stamp isn't on it, but it's him creating it and people are seeing it. Um, you know, it was just, it was beautiful to see that. He has a moment of, he has a real yeah. moment of redemption at the end, um, yeah. which was, which was really nice to see. We have Such literally tragic, given away everything. Tragic, tragic, like, character and it is yeah. a real person but like just the flaws and everything it's just it's it was nice to have a I guess not really a happy ending but just to see him become himself again take oh I mean I I felt encouraged by the ending I mean it yeah. left you like there were there was a lot of sadness but I feel like at least within the miniseries they right. kind of wrapped it up in a pretty bow so to speak and there was there was some closure and you feel like he had kind of found himself again before you know the yeah. end yeah um so the like one thing that we've talked about this now throughout this episode but being okay to like let go of control and mm -hmm. i i struggle with this even in, as a small business even though we have people that help you have caitlin i have a va but there are certain parts of the business and you see halston do this like with the designs where he like yeah, other people can design it, but it's never going to be the way that he wants it to be. And then he throws himself in the mix and he's designing it again. And and I think even as a small business, it's very difficult to let go of your baby. Different aspects of your baby. It is yours. You are creating it. It is your brand. And you want things to look and feel a certain way. And when you involve other people, yes, they can do an excellent job, but it's never like when you do it, right? And, and even if you find someone who's doing an excellent job, like, I mean, Caitlin is, she's, she's, she's only 16 years old, but she does amazing for her age and she has amazing period, but like for her age, even I think, but then I think I have a finite period of time with her. Even when you have the greatest yeah. people, like how long do you have them for? She's going to go to college. I'm going to have to retrain somebody else. And, you know, I was, before we hopped on, I was like on the verge of tears struggling. My video didn't go live tonight because you know, I'm using an external hard drive. And like, there are moments like this when I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I should, I should have an editor help me not full time, but like, this is crazy. Like, I, there's probably somebody out there who knows how to do this better than me. And I'm on ready to cry because I spent all this time, you know, like, and you have these moments because you wear all the hats with your small business. And so knowing what you need to hold on to and knowing what you can let go of and when you can let go of when you can afford it when you need to invest, even if you can't afford it. Like it's, it's hard. Like there were it it a lot of chords watching this and I thought it was, it was really, it was really well done. And we should mention that Ewan McGregor played Halston. Oh yeah. Uh, and he oh, was just brilliant. He was Matt, brilliant. Matt loved, he watched the miniseries with me and he loved it. He, and when he saw that he was playing Halston, he was like, this is going to be so good. That's so funny because, um, my husband loves Ewan McGregor as well. And, um, wasn't he in Moulin Rouge? Yeah. No. Was that no, not Moulin Rouge? He was in. Yeah. Um. It, no. The the one he was singing. It was the one he sang in. <laughs> um. Help me out, people. No, he was in Moulin Rouge. Yep. No, he was Moulin Rouge. He yeah. was with um Nicole Kidman. Star Wars right? and 
But but I mean to see he was that's when I think he won my heart was when he was in Moulin Rouge and you know the singing and the performance he's, I loved so much. He's just so good. Um, yeah, he's so are, he, he's great in this role. The other thing that um, is prevalent in this series and also in our own businesses is just outside influences, which can affect anyone at any point in time, no matter what project you're working on, no matter what it is. And mm -hmm. for, so for Halston, it was the extravagant lifestyle. It was the partying, the drinking, the nightlife. It was all of that. And it, and it definitely mm -hmm. hurt his designs and it hurt his ability to continue to grow his brand. But for us, right, applying it to us as a small business, um, outside influences could be something as simple as family things that are going on. Um, you know, different events pop up and what are you going to do? Like you, you got to work, but you got to attend this event too. And you got to take the time or there's a family trip that's coming up and you're not going to miss your family trip. You're going to go on your family trip and you're going to take a week off and how you handle that. And how do you bounce back from it too? Like when all these different events occur in your life, how do you then kind of regroup and get back into it, which sometimes isn't easy. So it's think hard. of it like working out. How hard is it to get back into working out? Extremely difficult extremely difficult it is the same thing it is the same concept. and I think that's one of the reasons for me personally I struggle with never wanting to take a break from YouTube because I'm so afraid that it's going to be hard to come back it so is that's why I, I stress myself out like I got to do these two videos I let go of saying Wednesday and Sunday yeah because um, that was really stressful to like even you know because today i'd be having a mental breakdown but now i'm just like oh well Lori, the, maybe the video will go up tomorrow but like right. that is one of the things i really because i feel like i'm on my way to being burnt out on youtube currently how i'm feeling yeah. right now um but i'm afraid to take a break for the met for the reason you just mentioned yeah yeah it's just interesting like you know and i mentioned here how halston like, sold himself out and he's very like mass producing things right and kind of got away from who he was as a designer and for his brand and not saying uh, you can't, I don't know. Can you sell yourself out as a reseller? Maybe if you just follow every single trend and you never stay true to things that you like, maybe, but I, like, I, I find that if I focus too much on what everyone else in the community is doing, what everyone else is picking up, that's kind of like my version of selling out. And I don't want to be that person. No, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a great, comparison because I, I think that is it and there there's a there's so much noise there's so much noise in what we do now and I feel like it's even noisier than it was two years ago there are monumentally more resellers out there there are more opinions um there's more competition like I, I think that the pandemic gave rise to a ton of new resellers I don't know if they're all going to be here in two years or or even a year but I feel like we are at the height right now. And um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's hard to kind of find yourself if you're listening to other voices all the time, no matter what, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, it really doesn't matter where you are. Trying to stay true to your own brand is something that I think everyone always strives to do. And sometimes it's not possible because you're going in different directions and you kind of you know, it all depends, I guess, what you're doing with your reselling business. You may not even know what your brand is yet. Like my right. brand has evolved. Yours has evolved. I mean, you didn't start out doing luxury as often right. as you do. And, you know, I didn't even start out on YouTube and, and that's a real passion of mine now. So it, you may not even know what it is yet. So sometimes that's a challenge too, because when you don't know, I think you do look to other people to find out what is inspiring you and what you're drawn to and what you want to spend your time doing. So you don't have to know what it is, but I think that you can 
drive yourself crazy. And I think an example for me is when I was on Clubhouse every single day, listening to people talk about Amazon, I totally got sucked in. That's a great example. Yes. And, and I'm, and I'm in it now and I, and I haven't made any money. I've lost money and it's because I'm not putting time into it because if I do something else is going to have to give, and I'm not willing to let go of the things that I'm more passionate about, which is my business and Poshmark and YouTube basically. So yeah, yeah, that's why I I really just love this story. And I feel like it made me reflect a lot. And I'm sorry if we gave away too much to people who want to watch it, but I still think it'll be very, I just knew nothing. So everything was a surprise to me when I watched this. And so, I mean, if people listen to this, maybe they'll, maybe there's some juicy things that we did not talk about. Oh, for sure. There's There's a lot of juicy stuff. The stuff we gave you were basically facts. So yeah. And also like, I'll say it once again, this was just our like, our interpretation interpretation of what we saw on netflix was an which was an interpretation of you know what i mean so we're like several tiers removed but i still think it was a fun conversation i'm glad we did it i am and if you guys like this kind of stuff if you want us to talk about other designers or if you want us if there's other documentaries out there that we should watch that are related to fashion and then we give synopsis on it that's cool with me i like watching cool fun things and then talking about it. And this was kind of off the cuff. So if we were yeah. to like um, talk about a designer, you know, you we did a little bit. Research. Yeah, we could do a little bit more research yeah. than just Netflix. But um, this was still a fun conversation, a good starting point, because I am fascinated by all of the designers who influence us. And I agree. I agree. And we're going to end this episode with a quote from Halston himself. And it is, clothes should be practical, glamorous, functional, and spare. But mine weren't always simple. Some of the simplest looks were actually the most complicated. And I think that quote right there explains him as a person. Mm, yeah. 100%. Go watch Halston. Yes. And let us That's know what beautiful. you think. Let us know what you think. Thank you so much for joining us today as we deviate from our norm. We're good at doing this. Um, All right. So thank you everybody for joining us and we'll be back next week. See you next week, friends. Bye everybody. Bye. Hey everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villas Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.